You're listening to the Win Build Send podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. There's not a lot of things we can talk about in, mm-hmm. in, a, in this case of being in a public forum, uh, how this is going to go out. But I do know that you're, you're working with uh, some guys who um, God is, is using them. And maybe you can speak into some of those areas without um, you know, having to yeah. get too many details. I mean, I, I know there's a political side of the, of the debate, but I try to see things from a kingdom perspective. Mm-hmm. And since I am, I'm a young child, I hear about this term, the 1040 window. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's a, no, no missionary can get there. It's the 1040 window. Yeah, yeah you know, I've heard about that too. It's yeah. quite <laughs> difficult to go there and whatever. And it's true. But the way I see it, it's like God is bringing some of those people out. Can, before, before we go further with that thought, can you explain for those who've never heard of that term 1040 window, can you kind of just elaborate a little bit more on what that is exactly? Yeah, basically it's, it's a geographic, geographic location uh, between the, the, the 10th and the 40th uh, parallel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was a missionary a few years ago came up with that, with that idea of, of calling that region. So it, it stretches from uh, Eastern Asia until the Middle East, and it gets some of the countries in the North Africa. Mm-hmm. So they are the most persecuted countries or, or the most uh, difficult places to access with the gospel. And they have the least amount of resources in terms of literature and, and Bible and so on. So they can do very little for themselves. Right. They need help from outside to bring the message of the gospel. And, and I think the, one of the terms that would be used is unreached people groups. Unreached people groups, yeah. yeah. The, the far majority of them are within you know, that, that place. So, you know, Syria is there. Yeah. You know, Iran is there. Afghanistan is there. Eritrea is there. So we see, you know, the, the nations uh, of, of the refugees coming to Europe. They, they are coming from, from that geographic location, from the 1040 window. So my way of saying this, like, okay, we cannot go there, or it's difficult to go there, but God somehow is bringing them out. Yeah, yeah. through suffering, through war. I, I cannot claim that God's causing that, but I can, I can clearly see that God is using that um, to, to give those people an opportunity to come out and, and receive the gospel. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the way I, I see it. And, uh, you know, for some time, what we tried to do as a church was to welcome them. And we did that. And, and that's what most of the church in Germany have been doing. And it's great. But at some point, I started meeting a few guys who used to be uh, religious leaders, mm-hmm. Islamic leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about imams, mm-hmm. and mullahs. Mm-hmm. And they uh, came to Christ in, in the most unbelievable ways, you know, visions and, and dreams. Um, they came to Christ. And when they came to Christ, they came with a passion to bring others to Christ. Yeah. And I think that they can do a, a much better job in, 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 in sharing the gospel with refugees than I can do it. So at some point, I, I decided to, uh, to make less efforts in trying to bring them to my church. And it's not that we don't want to welcome them. We want to welcome them. 
but there is a hindrance with the language and, and sometimes with the culture. Um, so we are totally open to welcome them. And mm -hmm. as a church, we baptized about 50 of them over the couple of, last couple of years. So they're still coming. But some of these friends of mine who, who were imams and, and, and mullahs, they have baptized, you know, hundreds of refugees. Hundreds. Because they have the language, you know, they can speak Arabic, they can speak the Farsi, uh, and, and they can also, they, they know the culture, and they can argue with them about the religion in a way that I cannot. I mean, if I'm talking about uh, the Islam, I'm going to be talking from, a, from an academic perspective, mm -hmm. from, from my readings, from my studies. When an ex-imam talks about Islam, he's talking about a, a religion that he followed, uh, basically he gave his life for that, and at some point he realized that was not the truth. Right. So when he opened his mouth to speak to his fellow refugees, they are listening to him. Yeah. They want to find out why he left Islam and why he became a follower of Christ today. So, and and it's still, you know, with some of these guys, there's still a danger for them even in Germany. Oh yes. Um, some of them that, as some of the information I know, they've been uh, even attacked physically. Yes, yes. One of the one of the the, the closest guys to me. I will not mention his name just for, for safety reasons. Uh, he, uh, he has experienced that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So he, he was a mullah. He came to Christ in Sweden mm -hmm. uh, through, through some dreams and, and especially through the love that he observed among the Christians. Mm -hmm. That was striking for, for bringing him to Christ. He came to Germany and he started uh, sharing the gospel. And... I estimate that he, he brought over 300 people to Christ. Wow. I, I'm being very conservative. Right. Yeah. At least 300 people. So what happens is that he became well known by these uh, Islamic extremist groups. Mm -hmm. And they tracked him. So they managed to create some, some problems with him in most of the ref refugee camps that he had been visiting. Right. Uh, they managed to get uh, to get a way of 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 the of making the government to prohibit him from having access to the camp. Right. But nothing like that hindered him from from bringing people to Christ, and he kept sharing and he kept bringing people to to Jesus. And eventually, they they uh, they attacked him. Mm -hmm. They waited for him in front of his house, and they beat him quite badly. You know, with 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 iron bars and stuff. I mean, he, he was sent to, to the hospital, mm -hmm. you know, because of his injuries. And this is in this is Germany. In, in Germany. In Germany, yeah. This it's is not in the Middle East. Not this in the Middle not. East. So, so this is happening. Um, and actually, it happened to him three times. Three times. Three times. Three different groups. They, they, they waited for him in a place that they knew he would, he would be passing by. And they attacked him. And he he went to the police, you know, he, he 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 tried to do what he could do. But you know, it came to the point where you know he had to leave the, the, the refugee camp because he couldn't live there anymore. Mm -hmm. So some people got he was targeted. together. Yeah, he was targeted. So some people got together and made sure he would find 
you know, he would have enough money to, to, to rent an apartment somewhere else so that he, you know, he could have some, some more privacy. And so again, it was, it was the church that was responded. Yes. Um, I think, like you said something important that uh, the, the refugees weren't refugees anymore. They were family. Mm. And I think that um, is vital in understanding our role in this. Where yeah. it's like um, some of these guys, they needed help. The mm. response wasn't because they were refugees. Yeah. The response was because like, I know that guy. Yeah. And there was a heart to say like, what the heck? Like we can't, <laughs> this can't happen. Yeah. So, um, Working with these guys also, there's somewhat of a risk, not just to them, but is there is there anything for like risky towards you? Like, is there any area there that? Well, you it's difficult to say. I mean, you you never know. You know, I try to keep like a, a low profile mm-hmm. about about what we do. You know, about what they do mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was this situation where they opened this case that came directly from, from the government, from, from, from the police. Um, there were situations where some individuals, uh, either online or, or through messages, you know, made something that could be interp- interpreted as, as threats. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was never something really major as it was for them. You know, yeah. I have never been attacked physically. They, they have, were. Yeah. they were, and and they received direct threats, and not just from Germany but from other different countries. Um, one of them, the one that we protected in, in church asylum mm-hmm. first, he's uh, he was actually uh, a policeman fighting with the uh, Islamic rebel group in his country, mm-hmm. yeah, and his father was a general there. So in one of these battles, he was shot. Mm. He has a huge scar in his leg mm-hmm. f- from this, from this, and so they wanted to kill him there, and he left. And as soon as he arrived here in Germany at the Gießen refugee camp, he had a dream where a man in white came to him saying, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Wow. And he had no idea of what that means. Right. You know, so yeah. it's so funny for us because we grew up in church. We, you know, we had to memorize that verse. Yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah. And he, he kept asking until he finds someone who said, actually, I think that's in the Bible. Mm. And that's how he came to Christ. Wow. Yeah? So, I mean, this was, someone, this was someone, you know, like you said, and like I said before, a family, you know, as a brother. Yeah. We couldn't allow him to be deported because yeah. he would be uh, deported back to this country where he would be uh, in jail or or even killed, so I think the church um, has that responsibility to to provide protection, you know, when we can. But more importantly than than that, for me, the church has to take the responsibility for seizing the the moment. You know, I think there is a tremendous opportunity for reaching out those people to Christ. I mean, we cannot rely on dreams and visions because, to be honest. That's how the majority of my friends came to Christ. Mm-hmm. We, but we cannot rely on that only. And I think the one of the main things that we can do today is to empower those who have been reached with the gospel. You know, those who have the language, those who understand the culture, those who understand their mentality, those who have uh, the knowledge of Islam, to empower them, to train them, to go and to send them. 
yeah. as missionaries to their own people groups. So that's yeah. that's my my main uh, my main thing right now. You know, like I said, we still we still welcome them in our international church. Yeah, you know? yeah. We we our church in our church we speak English and we offer translation to a couple of, of other languages. They are more than welcome to come, and we will keep preaching and we'll keep bringing the gospel to them too. But um, you know, the, the refugees themselves, especially those who were imams or mullahs before, they have uh, uh, I would call it like an apostolic gifting. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 do the, this work, but they still need like our prayers and our our <clears throat> our support and our recognition that the work that they are doing is is valuable and actually is much more valuable than the work that we, you know, the Western Church yeah. can do really. Yeah, and, and it, I think the validation of a ministry, um, they're they're coming from, you know, whatever country they're coming from, but they're coming to a new country, Germany. And here's a church that's been here decades, mm. and then uh, the, you're you're validating what they're doing, and you're saying this is really God, man. This mm. is the Holy Spirit that has inspired this in you, and we want to see you accomplish it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important, and also speaks into the area of like why I have this podcast of like win, build, send mm. um, to to evangelize the lost, disciple the lost, and to uh, send uh, the, those that are um, now in a, in a mature place of understanding who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, um, when build send, you're, you're trying to send these guys into uh, what would be like a whole new context, not just for them, mm-hmm. but for the people they're trying to reach. Yeah. They're not home. The people they're trying to reach are not home. Yeah. And they're, they're in a place of like limbo. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that uh, we can, we'll start closing it up. But what are some of the things that the church overall, we're talking the church in the USA, the church in the UK, the church in uh, Africa, what are some of the things that we can pray for and not only pray for that maybe even get involved in, but, but number one, pray for. What are some of the things yeah. that you would say, pray for this? Yeah, I mean, pray. I would say specifically for these guys who were relig- religious leaders before, you know, mm-hmm. Islamic leaders, uh, ex imams and ex mullahs, they they really need prayer support. Mm-hmm. I, I see them as 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 the apostle Paul. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, some things that they've done in the past that um, they are not proud of. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been uh, involved with, uh, yeah with I don't know with ministries that were maybe doing harm to some people and and whatever um, it's exactly like the Apostle Paul exactly when I look at them I see I see Paul in I, them I agree 100 yeah. percent it's like the book of Acts and yeah. like these areas where you just you read in the Bible mm. and you thought like man like what was that like then and then yeah. you, then you get around these guys and you're like this might have been what it would have been like. Yeah, yeah. They they have a history of persecuting Christians and people of other religions. Then they have uh, this the same history of being reached by Christ in a supernatural way. Mm-hmm. And then they have this 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 history, just like Paul, of being called by God and given this apostolic ministry. You know. To, to reach out to people. And, and even the challenge of like, <laughs> Ananias brings Paul and the church is like, kind of like, can we even trust this guy? Exactly. There exactly. is that, that is a yeah, real there challenge. Is, there is that too, yeah. yeah. 
So they need they need prayer yeah. that they uh, keep encouraged, they keep focused, and that they keep uh, producing the you know the fruits that they have been producing. Yeah. I mean, uh, once again, I mean, numbers are really staggering. I mean, when you when you consider the the level, the minimal level of support that they had so far, and the minimal level of training, you know, the amount of people that they are bringing to Christ, yeah, is really significant. So they. And we're just talking about one city, one area, yes. Yes. and a few guys. A few guys, yeah. And and God's doing this all over Germany. Mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. doing this right now. I believe it's going on all over Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a post from a friend of mine in Sweden where there was this lady who um, is has a furniture store, and she's just whenever any asylum seeker, refugee, whenever they come in, she's just trying to help them, like mm-hmm. giving them free furniture. Or whatever. But in the same way, she's sharing the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. And baptizing these people, mm-hmm. so I believe God is the Holy Spirit really has activated something all over Europe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How you know besides prayer and praying for is is there any way that you would suggest like um, a church in the USA? How could they get involved? Yeah, like in a real way. You know, in the in the past three to four years, we have seen so many missionaries being sent. From, from different countries, also from the U.S., from, from Brazil, and from different countries, coming here to work specifically with refugees. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. You know, that, that proves to me that more people are seeing what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. that this is a great opportunity, and that mm-hmm. we have to seize the, 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 the moment. However, I would encourage uh, churches and mission organizations and, and Christian networks uh, to consider... In parallel with sending with sending people to, to consider supporting some of those we call them indigenous missionaries, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the refugee missionaries. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying stop sending missionaries from abroad. We need we need them to, you know, to provide training, to, to provide encouragement. Um, but really, the, the the refugee missionaries they they are at the forefront. You know, they, they have the skills to. To do things now. I mean, they they speak the, the language and, yes. and, and they have the knowledge. I would even say that the, the guys I've met with that are working with them directly mm-hmm. has have called them a man of peace. Yeah. Who have in a way bridged a gap that we couldn't bridge. Exactly. For for example, even myself um, going in working with refugees, it's it's a completely different world. Yeah. You know, uh, shaking the hand of an older. Um, Muslim woman mm. is not allowed. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's something that I literally did not learn from a textbook. Yeah. I learned from the experience of sticking my hand out to say hi, and she literally pulled her hand back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these guys have that clarity. Yeah, they do. So I would, I would suggest to, to you know, to yes, like I said, keep sending missionaries, but but um, realize that we have. We have them here too, yes. And they need they need support and they need training. They need encouragement. So uh, it's not so easy to find them out because a lot of what we do have to be like discreet, discreet. Yes. But every time that you think about refugees, you know, and and reaching out to refugees, uh, try to find out, you know, who are the people who are allowing the refugees to be at the forefront, and who are allowing these refugee missionaries to. To take the lead, because uh, the ministries who have been doing that 
have been uh, much more productive yes. than those who are just uh, working with foreigners like you and me. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, so uh, what we'll do is I'll, I'll set up um, some links on on the description of this podcast that if you do want to help in in a real way, not I'm just saying like not just by praying, but by literally, physically, financially um, getting involved, uh, we'll, we'll make it a possible way that you can do that. Um, I, think, I think to close this off, maybe um, just, just one other area of encouragement for um, uh, those that do have a heart for, for even people in the Middle East. Like, like, you know, I have a friend who has a heart for um, reaching Muslims. Um, he, he can't go right now. He mm. can't do it. Uh, what would you say to him as far as like um, to not give up or would you say mm -hmm. like would you say there's a, there's an opportunity like now take it or what, what would you say I would say come to Frankfurt yeah <laughs> get <laughs> up simple. and go simple you cannot you cannot go there but they are here yeah yeah and here we have the freedom to, to reach out to them yeah so, yeah um, that's that's what we are doing Come to Frankfurt. There is there is uh, always work. There is uh, there is lots of, of young men mainly mm -hmm. ready to be disciple. I mean, uh, I don't have enough time. Yeah, <laughs> because they have a lot of time. As a refugee in Germany, they cannot work. Yeah, they cannot study, so they have a lot of time, and they are fired up. You know, they they would love to 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 learn more and to do more. So mentors. Uh, people who have um, experience in, in discipleship, especially, uh, and especially male, who, who would work with young men, that, that, that would be a, a big help. And I, I would even take it a little step further and say, I think that there's some uh, older men, mature men, mm. that, that are needed. Yeah. Not not twenty something year olds, mm -hmm. but we're talking like somebody who's in their fifties, yes. who's been in ministry been in a mature place spiritually and that has the experience to disciple yeah yeah that's the need yeah yeah of course i mean there, there are some 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 women who have come mm -hmm. you know you and i if we know about that yeah yeah and i believe god's calling you you you're gonna have a ministry and he's gonna bring you to to, to encounter some people so you know there's i'm not saying that women cannot come but um yeah it's, yeah There's a need for both. There's a need for both. Yeah, there's a need for both. And I mean, if anyone wants to find out more specific information, you know, about maybe who they are and what they are doing exactly. Because, you know, in a podcast like that, we have to be a little bit careful. We cannot give all yes. the names and the information and the locations. But, I, you know, if, if you're a pastor considering to support in some way, if you're a missionary or like even like a normal person considering to come here or if you're someone considering to, to, to give some money to help uh, refugees, uh, yeah, do get in touch because, I mean, what's going on here is really, it's really, it's really fantastic. And how could they contact you personally? We, we can close it off with that. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what are the ways they can contact you? Is there a website or... Yeah, can contact us via the, the church website or even through my uh, email. What's the website of the church? The website is www.bibc.org. Bibc.org. Yeah. And then also it's on Facebook, uh, it's Bethel on IBC. Bethel IBC on Facebook. Okay. 
Okay. And yeah, my email is pastor at bibc.org. Yeah. We'll be happy to to share some some more detailed information uh, with people that we we trust. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as also like um, uh, the the openness to connect, um, as far as I'm concerned, Pastor Rodrigo has been one of the the major connections as far as working directly with those in need right now that are are seeking asylum um, and uh, refugees. Um, if if I can encourage any pastors who are listening to this, uh, consider it, pray about it, let the Holy Spirit lead, and and let's let's do something. Let's see let's see God and what He's put together. Just utilize everybody who has the heart, the passion, and the desire to reach, uh, especially these people groups. Um, but yeah, thank you, Pastor Rodrigo, for uh, being thank on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, this is great. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.